one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Everyone pauses to take some much-needed rest in the ruins beneath Sturthal. But it wouldn't be an adventure if something interesting didn't happen in the night. Suspicions are confirmed, information is withheld, and traps are set. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory meet their rivals in the ruins. You've traversed a good portion of the ruins within the Voil Chasm. Following the map as you've gone through the different rooms, doing your best to avoid what you perceive to be the more dangerous parts and feasibly the more dangerous people that are down here. You finally decide to stop in what seems to be a relatively safe place for the night, or at least what you assume is the night, as you all have gotten relatively tired. And though you can't see the sun, it seems like the day is starting to wane. Brex and their gelatinous duplicate have offered to guard the doors, the two doors, into this room for you as you all rest. How do you set up your sleeping arrangements? I think Nehemiah goes right next to that door to the south mm-hmm. and back to the wall, spear across lap, crisscross applesauce on the ground, and just waiting. As you're sitting there against the wall, that's where Jellybrex is, mm. and you get kind of like a squish, squish pat on top <laughs> of your head as it's standing there. Nehemiah, I'll just kind of look up, give them a nod. Ever so slightly disgusted. This is fine. This is fine. <laughs> to get some hair gel. <laughs> <laughs> hair jelly, more like. <laughs> that is an excellent question. I forget if we've established whether Jellybrex is sticky or is Jellybrex like contained within a film? Jellybrex is ever so slightly tacky. Okay. Not like gooey leaving the slime behind, but the way that those like sticky hands you get in That's like the, right. yeah. the gashapon machines are sticky yes. and tacky mm. like that. What about small or jewelry? How is their sleeping set up? I'm going to curl up in the corner and I am going to spoon the egg. Keeping it warm? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I will use any equipment I have as a pillow. You do have like a bedroll and and you guys have the ability to make comfortable sleeping arrangements for yourself, as comfortable as you can on the road. Smallrin pulls out her bedroll, kind of lays it out, and then basically kind of curls up on it. Not like cat-like-ish, 
basically curled up in such a way that her arms are immediately free should she need to access one of her weapons in a hurry in the night. And she does have her little eye stock on alert. <laughs> Oddly enough, both Smallrin and Jor, you end up sleeping on the opposite sides that you're used to because Smallrin, you have an eye stock on the side <laughs> that you're used to and Jory, you have an arm on the side that you're used to. So it's a little uncomfortable, but you, you settle down eventually. Those only last a day, correct? They last 28 hours. 28 hours, hours. okay. So middle of tomorrow is ish when they will no longer be a thing. As you all are sleeping, Nehemiah, about halfway through the night, you get another gelatinous hand on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it kind of does like pat-pat mm-hmm. uh, to wake you up and then points at the door mm. and then points to its ear. Mm-hmm. And you listen and you hear footsteps in the hallway that is leading down to the circular room where the other group had been. I'm going to take a shin and just like try and huck it at the other two to try and wake them up. Sure. Yeah. You (laughs) you take one of the hundred shins that you made. I was just going to say, you're just going to use shins for everything now. Look, I don't think there's going to be a lot of like little rubble around here. Like especially this room. Use what you got. Shin slingshot. Find a problem, throw money at it. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. Darn it. (laughs) You take two shins and toss one at Smallrin and toss one at Jory. I assume that Smallrin wakes up very quickly to that stimulus. Can I actually, can I roll to see... If Smallrin does something stupid and cool. Yes, what are you wanting to roll? Essentially, I want Smallrin to be so alert that she hears him throw it, and she wakes up in time to catch it. (laughs) That'll be, we'll say speed. Okay. And actually, you know what? We'll make this an opposing roll. Nehemiah, make a speed roll, and uh, Smallrin, make a speed roll, and we'll see what happens here. Oh, come on. Natural 20. (laughs) And a four. Amazing. Unprecedented. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Knocking on wood for the rest of the game. (laughs) Do you have a thought for the major effect? I know this was kind of a a weird role here. I would like this to guaranteed wake up Jory as well. Perfect. You throw the shins. One bounces off Smallrun's shoulder. The other one hits Jory square in the forehead and absolutely wakes her up. (laughs) Shh. What's that? Shin. Nehemiah is just aggressively pointing towards the door. And taking a moment to listen, you also hear footsteps coming down. Not running. It it just sounds like someone walking at a medium pace. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sound like they're trying to be stealthy or anything. Like they're not creeping along. Mm -mm. Okay. Just going for a walk in the middle of a ruin in the middle of the night. Man, look, we're not doing much better. I was sleeping. I will pick up the shin as well as the rest of my stuff as quietly as possible and make sure I'm close to the wall. Nehemiah readies the sword spear and is just kind of leaning up against the wall and waits to see what happens. Smallrin pulls out a knife in one hand and her poisons bag in the other and kind of raises them both at Nehemiah and cocks an eyebrow. Puts up a hand, like, just let's see how this plays out. She shrugs, puts the poison bag back on her belt, and starts kind of, like, toying with the knife. The footsteps grow closer, and 
I think all of you positioned yourself in a way that you were not fully visible if someone were to come up to the door. So you don't see anyone immediately, but you hear a squeaky, high-pitched voice get up to the door and mutter something under their breath. You can't quite make it out, but it's definitely someone maybe frustrated with something or trying to figure something out. You hear some clicking and clanking, a couple jingles, maybe use someone using tools, and then you see that force field. I'm going to look over to the other two and just kind of mouth, should I say something? I think it's better than being a surprise, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm th- uh, All right, before you come on in, we're in here. Uh, oh, oh, um, uh, hello? Hello? Hi. Howdy. Walking in, you see a short woman who has a very plain looking garb, but somehow has like this air of importance to them. Mm -hmm. It's obvious she can control a room. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. There is around her neck an amulet that looks like a order of the truth knot. Mm. Uh, uh, um, Hello, I did not know that anyone else was down here. Hello. Hi. 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 There's a lot of you down here. Yeah, there's a few of us. Okay. Hi. We don't mean you no harm. We were just posting up for the night. That's good to know. And she kind of like glances over her shoulder, like not in a there's someone right behind me way, but just in like a mental note kind of way. Right. Okay. What's your name? Falco. Hmm. Hi. Howdy. Hi. I'm Aveline. (laughs) This is Era, Drav, and uh, Kylan, and Gooey Drav. And kind of looks at the gelatinous form and looks at the other mutations that yeah. people have and go, you've, you've been down here for a bit, haven't you? Honestly, not as long as you think. It's just been a little weird the entire time. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, what are, what do you, what do you, I, I know it's kind of silly saying, oh, what are you up to in a ruins? I mean, everyone's, I guess, delving down here, but yeah. uh, what, what are you up to? Delving. Just delving? <laughs> Just delving. Just yeah, delving. Okay. Yeah, do, do, doing some errands. You know how it goes. Right. You right, sell right, somebody, right. you're going down here and suddenly you got a whole shopping list you got to take care of. Right. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Well, the best of luck to you then. Likewise. Where's the rest of your crew? Oh, oh they, um, they're sleeping. Ah, so somebody's sneaking away. No, I'm on guard for the night. Oh, I see. So, thought I would see what was in this room, and... People. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out, (laughs) turns out it's people. And honestly, genuinely not much else. Like, this is kind of a bust. Hmm. It's kind of why we set up in here. It's quiet. What's, um, any idea what that tube thing is? Not a clue. Hmm, interesting. Can't read it. She takes a step forward to like go mm-hmm. take a look at it. Mm-hmm. And do you let yeah, her or is absolutely okay. no, she's fine? Cool. Uh, she takes a look at it and pokes around a little bit. I think this is something that we'll have to take a look at later then. What about you? Where did you come from? What's back in your room? Oh, just a bunch of empty containers. Ah. Mm. <laughs> I'm not terribly surprised. This place has been largely picked over over the years. I mean, Yeah. Information standoff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would be careful, though. I don't know how long you've been down here or what you've already run into, but there's a few things down here that might be a little more dangerous than this room. 
Oh, yeah. We already ran into the things that did the stuff. Like, I mean, those shin spinners, like, I think they're the worst that we've seen down here thus far. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, no, we ran into that nasty spider, too, in the other room. That was not great. Steel spiders, yes, all, all things that are quite the annoyance in a ruin. Well, if that's the extent of what you've seen, then I'm sure you'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. I would like to roll something just to kind of get the vibe, because I don't know if the vibe I'm picking up is from Zan or from Falco. <laughs> <laughs> Probably both. Fair. Uh, but yeah, can I, I, uh, I roll an intellect on um, just kind of this whole situation? Yeah, going to be a level four. Four, all right. I am trained in that, and... I'm going to go ahead and spend a point of effort on that and roll. Success with an eight. Awesome. Falco's trying to not give you much information. Mm-hmm. Also, obviously, trying to get a little bit of knowledge from you, but you're not giving any. So We're playing the exact same game. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not getting the vibe that she's ready to run back to the other room to wake everyone up to murder us. Mm. I'm not not getting that vibe. You're not not you're you're getting the vibe that if things stay at the level that they currently are, she'll probably just go back on her way and say, "Hey, there's another group down here." Just uh-huh. so you know, we're going like, you know, let's yeah. let's be aware. Um, if things go bad, that is mm-hmm. absolutely what she will do. Absolutely. If she feels threatened in any way, she will be sounding an alarm for sure, which is to be expected. Right? There's. Several of us and one of her. We will win this fight. Right. You also just get the feeling that she is just very nervous. In in terms of mechanics, any tasks that require courage are at a negative for her. Poor baby. So not not exactly, is on watch, Mm -hmm. but is not necessarily the brave sort. Sure. Uh, How about how long did we sleep so far? Or do we have no Mm. idea? Um, like... Four. Okay. Okay. It's like middle of the night ish. So I will go ahead and use a recovery roll then to get to that yeah. one hour mark. Yeah. It Absolutely. Well, um, I will uh, leave you to your rest then. We will leave you to your watch. Yeah. Keep your watch. But rest assured, there's nothing really else that we've seen in this direction. There's a weird, there is, I will say, and we can at some point later on, like once everybody's up, we can go ahead and just, you know, be ships passing in the night. There is a weird room over there with like a bunch of robots and whatnot in it. No clue what's going on there. But yeah, we can, you know, as soon as we're everybody's up, we can go ahead and just trade spots. No harm, no foul. There's no reason we can't all walk out of this. Wonderful. All walk out of this. That sounds very nice. We all want to see the sun again. When she says that, Nehemiah, you get the sense that she is referencing something, though mm-hmm. not necessarily your interaction. She's like, yes, I want to walk out of this alive, but doesn't seem to be, it's more like in a- Probably a conversation she had with a member of her crew about this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Well, um, have, have a good rest of your night then. You too. And she goes back through the door and you again hear some sort of- clicking, clanking tool sounds, and the door force field closes. She heads back down the hallway. Well, okay, now we're keeping real watches tonight. Should we leave? I mean, should we backtrack the other way? <sighs> we could. We'd be giving up whatever it was that we got put in that room, in the robot room. Fair enough. 
and we do also need to finish sleeping up and at this point they know we're here we know they're there honestly especially with falco's demeanor i feel like we're about as safe as we could be situation given nehemiah has also established a rough contract to switch places and give us access to that room if we leave they may feel that we are trying to hide ourselves in order to jump them later, and it would mm -hmm. only heighten the potential for hostility. That's true. I suppose I'm more worried about who's with Falco than Falco herself. Mm. Just in case they decide, you know, it's better, let's ambush them. But uh, that's just me being nervous. <laughs> I'm going to go back in the corner with my egg. <laughs> Your egg's doing just fine. <laughs> do you let Brex and Haribo Brex uh, continue to have the watches or are you three switching out as well might be a good idea if one of us stays awake yeah we can trade that off for the rest of the evening there's not too much going on I can take the first watch sounds good I'll take the second I'll take third over the next half of the night you switch off with each other taking watches, and you each at some point hear voices coming from down the hall, like maybe they're talking a little bit louder in that other room, because these force fields don't stop sound, but they just kind of stop physicality. Mm -hmm. So you do sometimes hear voices. Smaller, and at one point you hear someone yell, not in a way that you think that there's something that you need to be aware of. It sounds like one of these people is angry at the other. But other than that, you hear some voices, and that's it over the course of the night. Now that they know that you know they're there. They're not as silent and interested in keeping everything so stealthy. Which is honestly silly, because we might not be the only ones in here, but... You wake up and break camp, although there wasn't a whole lot of camp to be had, but you make sure that your bedrolls are packed up and your belongings are secured. Do you wait here for the other group, or do you make your way to them? I think we'll head on down. You are able to open this door with the key that Jory has, mm -hmm. going through the diamond-shaped hallways with no discernible floor, kind of like awkwardly walking along the point that's on the bottom and making your way there. The other group has also broken camp and has deactivated their force field, but has not come down the hallway yet. Mm -hmm. As you walk in, you do see Falco. You also see a tall, broad-shouldered man who definitely looks like the fighting sort. Mm -hmm. A sinewy, austere-looking person who has a number of different devices and bits of Numenera and bottles full of different components, mm -hmm. you think, attached onto their pack and on their person. And then a plain but domineering presence. Mm -hmm. Someone who would easily be able to overpower someone either physically or socially, mm -hmm. may maybe both, but just has this intense presence here. But a very common looking face and seems to be directing people as the group is getting together. The other thing that you notice is a Thuman. It is a canine with a exceedingly human looking face. Mm, hate um, it. Yeah, really do not like. Does not pass the vibe check. <laughs> <laughs> 
as we approach the room, I'll just take my spear and tap the side of the wall as we walk in to announce our presence. Falco turns and goes, uh, yeah, yes, uh, this is this is the group that was in the other room and nervously looks towards the one that had been directing people sure. around. They turn towards you in a very smooth voice. Well, I hope that we can amicably part ways. Absolutely. Wonderful. There's enough fights we all gotta do because we have to. I ain't looking to find any new ones. Understood. Well, the best of luck to you. Mm, you as well. And looks around to the others and kind of like nods towards the door to get them all to mm-hmm. leave. I'll kind of move into the room and essentially hug the wall to give them space, showing mm-hmm. not trying to get anywhere near anybody, just trying to move through. They go through Falco being the last before the, who you assume is the leader. Mm-hmm. And that leader looks a, to the five of you. Happy Delvin. Happy Delvin. Walks through. Go ahead and Nehemiah, since you're right there. Yeah. And anyone else too, if you want to, go ahead and roll perception. Level three. Okay. I'm trained, so I succeed with a 16. I spent a point of effort to Mm -hmm. knock that down and I succeeded with a three. So good thing I did. I also think I succeeded with a 15. Yes, you did. You hear the leader pass through the door and you see them nod to Falco and Falco then takes out a set of tools that you assume she had used to open the door to get into your space last night and goes to shut the door. But having heard this sequence of tools being used twice now, there's something additional in it. There's something more that is being done to this door Mm -hmm. as she walks away. Did anybody else hear that? I would mm-hmm. imagine they've tried to lock that door behind them. I agree. That is my thought as well. Should we try the other door on the other side just to see if we're trapped in here? Hearing that, I think Nehemiah will already just go ahead and move to that other door, make sure that we've got an exit. It is shut. You know, the force field is there. Yep. But looking at the lights that have normally been like red, mm-hmm. they are blank. They are not lit up. Okay. Can we open the door then, just in case? If Jory tries to go and open it, it does not work. It's almost as though these doors have been locked, jammed, made inaccessible to the key that you have. So we're trapped in here? Currently. At the moment. Okay. Well, that's going to change the tenor of our relationship next time we run into them. Yes, it is. All right. Realizing the situation we're in, I will look to the other two. It's like, all right, do you two think you could pop this thing open again? We can certainly try. I would say at the moment, though, we take advantage of the fact that they think we're dealt with and Mm -hmm. want to explore the other room. I say Mm -hmm. we explore in here, and then we can prepare for them when they inevitably will probably try to come back and kill us, just to see what we have on us. Oh, I don't think they're going to try and do that. Because now we're on guard. I think they're fixing to leave us down here to die. In here with this as a tomb. They might, but they don't know whether we've found anything of value. That's true. My thought is try and get that door and Nehemiah will gesture to the one we didn't come through open. And then we try and get ahead. Because right now, the difference between them and us is we know exactly where they're going to be going. They're going to go to that other room. They're going to go to the robot room. 
and then that leads right back into the synth room. Now I'm thinking either we can do the same thing to them, get them locked into that trio or that pair of rooms back there, at least for a little bit to give us some time to get the heck out of here, or we just blitz and we get out of here. Or we can lie and wait and ambush them because this is highly rude. That's true. I'll just point out this is the only room in this small circuit that we haven't actually looked at. Oh no, we do need to look in here too. I was thinking one of us could take care of the lock and the other two could... Check the boxes. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that would be a better use of our energies. Divide and conquer. Absolutely. Okay, well, I'm going to start looking in boxes. Mm-hmm. What's left of them, I suppose. Yeah, same. And I'm going to start taking a look at the door while they do that. Brex goes over with Smallrin and sends Sour Patch Brex to <laughs> be boxes, because mm-hmm. that seems like a simpler task. You start looking at these boxes, and they are all small alcoves, so like flat bottom, almost a little cathedral rounded top with a door that looks like they could slide up and down in front of it. Mm-hmm. There is a button on each one of them. Mm-hmm. You try and press a couple, but they don't seem to be doing anything. There are a number that have been broken into, like either completely smashed with various implements. Some of them have been like jimmied open with maybe crowbars and prying implements. Others look like they've been like disassembled, taken apart by screws and nuts and things. You can get into them and mm-hmm. they all do have a number listed on the top. Okay. What was the number that we needed to find? 115 was Mm -hmm. the one that you sent the random oddity that Jory picked to. So you find 115, the Mm -hmm. door is intact. Okay. Pop it open. How do you do it? Do you smash it? Do you like pry it open? What do you do with this one? I'm trying to recall how we ordered it in the first place. Like, obviously this is meant to have something sent to it. So shouldn't it automatically open if we're the person that got it? in the first place. Maybe not. Maybe. We'd have to, like, be able to prove that we were the one to do that, and... I will try just generally open it and maybe use the pass card, sort of, just just to see if we have to break it open. Mm. It doesn't seem like the key card that a little actuator works. I will push it in and go back just to see if it's one of those... (laughs) It's not, but a good idea. (laughs) Spring-loaded. Yeah, no, it, it, it seems whatever the device or system for allowing these to open with the button that's underneath has been deactivated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or broken or over time has not worked. Okay. So what do you use to get it open, Nehemiah? Nehemiah takes the small pry bar that he got from his pack that he got before mm-hmm. he came down and just find a seam and pop it open. Find a seam around the edge and the door that's on the front pops off. And behind you have that small oblong piece of metal that was the oddity. Mm -hmm. And the oddity itself, uh, you're not sure how to use it, but you remember that the wording on the tube said heartbeat matching tick. Mm. Do you pick it up? Uh, I will gesture to it for Jory because they were the one who ordered it. Uh, Yes, I will pick it up. Pick it up. And as soon as you hold it, you feel like a small thrum, like vibrating or pulsing from within it. And after a moment, you realize it is matching your heartbeat. Ah, this is kind of sweet. Not sure what it does, but I suppose if somebody else had it, they could feel my heart next to them, which is very, very sweet. 
Ooh, the Wait. egg. <laughs> <sighs> this egg is going to be a problem. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm going to make it a problem. Thank <laughs> you. No. Oh, phenomenal. You don't good, say. Good. So you have that one open. Anything else that you do with the with the doors? Do you try and get into any others? Are you looking to find anything else? Uh, smaller and then you are over at the door. It's clear that Falco has some sort of knowledge in the Numenera. You don't think that the other group has a key because the sounds that you heard were not the same sounds and process that you know Jory has been using to open it with the little authenticator that you have. Yeah, they've been using like actual physical technical knowledge to yes. hotwire it. Right. So you think that there's probably something changed on a mechanical or I'll say electrical level, whether or not you have a concept of electrical engineering or not is up to you. I have a player intrusion that I can use called inspirational recall. Okay. Recalling an important detail from a previous encounter, perhaps something you don't even remember noticing at the time. Can I think back to when we realized that Falco was outside, you know, closing the door and Mm -hmm. maybe my eye stalk saw the tools that she was using or I recognized the sound of one of them? Absolutely. You are able to remember which part of the panel that she opened up and roughly which tools she ended up using. You think that probably once you get that far, you'd be able to kind of figure out where to place the tools and what to alter, like once you see the inside of it though. Okay. So with a player intrusion and the XP spent for that, I will say that that's not a role needed. You're okay. able to pop open that panel, get inside it, use the tools. Cause you have like light tools, right? Yes and you're able to get the door working again. It's still closed at the moment, but those three lights kind of blink up red again, meaning that it's not deactivated. Do we want to unlock the other door? Oh, first of all, good job. Well done. Um, Do we want to open the other door? I don't think so. Okay. Because if they do end up deciding to come back and check on us, that's going to make it harder for them to follow up. That's true. It also might, and Smallrin talks even quieter than she normally does. It also might not be, <laughs> which is saying which something. Is saying something. But somehow you do still hear her. It's like kind of weird. Mm. It also might not be a bad idea to do a little play acting, a little frustration, a little banging. Mm-hmm. Considering that we could hear them last night, they can certainly hear us if we make enough noise. Mm. Good call. Hey, small run. You want to scout ahead a little bit? Make sure they haven't made it into the next room. I'll do that. Okay. I'm gonna look and see if I've got anything that can make some noise that I can leave behind. Perfect. I also would consider some panicked voices, Jory especially, and then silence, as if we're trying to make sure they didn't hear us. Sure. They know we're not stupid. Mm-hmm. Drat! This door won't budge. That's ridiculous. Oh, come. Oh, come on. No, it won't. Look at it. I don't understand. What could have happened? Dang it. Let me try this. Bang, bang, bang. Brex makes a big show of taking their maul and like banging above the door. (laughs) Good. Like just boom, 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 boom. Well, that's not working. Let me try this. Ting, ting, ting. Mm -hmm. 
Smallrin, you already know all of the hallways that have gone back and around to this area. You already know that there aren't traps along those paths at this moment. So really, it's just a matter of making sure that you aren't seen or heard. Go ahead and roll stealth level four. Awesome. I'm assuming I can use my espionage for this. Yes, this is a perfect (laughs) use of that skill. Level four, we're going to spend for a point of effort. I'm not going to vanish yet because that seems like overkill. But should I come upon anyone... Basically, I'm going to ready the action that if anyone seems to be uh, about to come within eyeshot of me, she's going to go ahead and vanish. Great. Success with a five. Awesome. After taking that down a couple times, that's great. Because for all the kids playing along at home, I'm specialized in espionage. Mm. She's sneaky. It's true. You make your way down the next hallway back to the room that has all the robot arms, the synth factory area. And then down the other hallway with all of the robots still moving around, still not paying you any mind. Peeking in through that door, it does not look like there is anything but automatons in that room. I would like to listen down the other hallway for the moment. I want to stay out of like sightline of that door so that if someone were to look down they wouldn't see me but I want to listen and see if I hear anything that would indicate maybe I should take a closer look. The conversation that you hear is hushed. They're trying to figure out the interface on that central tube. They're talking about the devices that they think they see floating in the liquid below. A lot of the same conversation you have about, oh, well, you know, what are these things? Where do they come from? How do we find something? The very gruff voice, the the person who is broad-shouldered and clearly very strong, saying, Well, Falco, is there a way to translate any of this? She responds, Look, I understand the Numenera, but I'm not actually an Aeon Priest. You remember that, right? They seem to be keeping themselves busy. So yeah, Smarn is going to head back. Um, hold on. Smarn actually is going to go into the extrusion room. Sure. She's going to flip through real quick and look for something small, multidimensional, and sharp, like uh, kids' jacks. You essentially find a file for caltrops. That's perfect. She's going to scale it up so each of them is about, like, an inch and a half tall. Like, thick, thick enough it would go through the bottom of a shoe. Mm, mm -hmm, And she's mm -hmm. going to sharpen up those points, make sure that they are as sharp as they can be made. Print off, you know, a good good handful, maybe a dozen. And then she is going to create a deadly poison. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Then I am going to spend to use effort to increase the level of the poison to four. Cool. And then basically she's just going to, like, kind of coat the, the spikes of these little caltrops in the deadly poison and scatter them directly in front of the door they would have to come through from the room they're currently in. Awesome. Because not just shin spinners can set traps. And they were rude to Nehemiah. They offended Nehemiah's... And the, and the rest and of the you. rest of us, but they offended Nehemiah's delicate sensibilities. <laughs> delicate! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like of all the people in this party, Jory is the one that has the delicate sensibilities. I don't know what you mean. No? No? I'm a flawless optimist. I don't know. Nehemiah was the one who said that he thought they were rude, so. That's true. Yeah. That's true. 
We had a nice interaction and they messed it up. We, nice, we were having a nice time. Anything that happens at this point on them. Yep. They acted against us first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I know they're going to want to check out the robot room because Nehemiah tried to play it mm-hmm. down and they're going to think there's something cool in there. So. Mm-hmm. You toss the caltrops in front of that door and make your way back. In the meantime, Nehemiah, you've been going through your pack trying to figure out what you can leave behind or what you can do that might make just a big old noise. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot, unfortunately, because I've got a few things that like might work together. Okay. So the two things that I've got a tube that vibrates when spung and a whistle that makes lights appear when it's played. It's true. So my thought is if I can find something that can spin the tube, I can hook up the whistle so that maybe the tube and the whistle will essentially like make a bunch of noise together. Mm. This is where I come some... in handy. <laughs> uh-huh. Could I use right tool for the job? Sure. Yeah. There we are. I do have an IO, so that is one. You come to Jory with this idea. Yeah. Like if we put these things together and hook it up so that it spins around, maybe it'll make enough noise to make him think we're still in here while we get out. I know just what to do. I pick up some stuff from the floor. Well, no, Mm -hmm. I already had Io on me, so either way. And I start tinkering until I present it very proudly to Nehemiah. How about this? Let's do it. It'll work. You have like a small motor, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like you've created like like a little magnet, really, that will keep that metal tube spinning on its axis with the whistle attached to it so that it continues to hum and play notes as it is moving around in the air. Nice. Perfect. That's so good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's try and get out of here. I, I want to try to explain our, our silence a bit. Oh, mm-hmm. goodness. None of this seems to be working. Uh, let's sit down and have a think about this one. Mm-hmm. I think we're good. And right as you get that whistle spinning on its edge, Smallrin comes back into the room. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you reckon we should do? I've left a surprise for them in the robot room. Oh, good. But I think we also should look into... Uh, and she points to the, the door that she just came in through. Mm-hmm. When we leave here, we should look at ceiling. This door behind us... And also Mm. the door in the synth factory Mm -hmm. room that leads to the other hallway. I agree. They can get through the door that they locked on this side. But if Mm -hmm. we can seal it against them in those two places, we can trap them in this loop. Mm -hmm. Let's give it a shot, shall we? Yep. And then head to this one, this diamond-shaped one in the middle. Yeah, just across the hall. Yeah. Okay. Plan set. Mm-hmm. I also just want to deny them access to the synth lab room because I'm petty and I don't want them to be able to make things. <laughs> so you have the key that Jory has that can open and, and shut the doors. And Smallern, you have reverse engineered the locking that they did. Mm-hmm. Chances are they know how to undo that. Yes. So what are your thoughts on trapping them using some other method? I could leave the same surprise inside this door that I left inside the door on the other side. Surprise? Not a nice surprise. I see. 
that might do it. We would have to disable this door so they didn't know how we got out. You think, Smallren, that you could do the same thing since you reversed it, you could easily get mm-hmm. back into the panel and, and do the same thing that out. Falco did to Lucky and yeah. All right. I'm going to go into the other room and make something quickly. When I bring it back, nobody touch it. Okay. <laughs> so Smallren is going to repeat the process. Uh, I am going to say this. I don't know that I've mentioned this before, but it's been kind of in my head that she has a pair of gloves she puts on when she's handling the deadly poison she oh, makes. I figured as much that she would have safety yeah, precautions. So she she has, comes back in wearing these like leather gloves and holding like an entire handful of these just like sharp, spiky little objects. And she brings them and puts them in front of the door that leads to the goo tube room. So essentially, whichever door they choose to head through on their way out of that room, they will be met on the other side with a scattering of these spiky poisoned objects on the floor directly where they will step on them. All right. And also we're going to put a wire across the base of the other door because we're here to be petty. They were mean. <laughs> Rex takes the wire back out and it's a simple enough process of attaching it across the just high enough to catch over someone's toe. And smaller and you go through and using the same method in reverse that you were able to figure out, you disable both the door coming out of this round circular room that you've all been in, as well as the door that connects that other part of the loop to the synth printer. You make sure that everything is secure, make sure that everything is as difficult as possible for them, if not deadly and start to make your way back through the synth factory with all the robot arms and through the hallway to the central room with who knows what else is in there. Thank you so much for listening to episode 87 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On that website, you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would like to thank Kyle, Tyler L., and Xander for their continued support. Additionally, on our website, you can find a link to the Ghostlight Media Network page, where you can find links to all of our other wonderful podcasts. Our network has a wonderful variety of different shows for you to listen to. So if you're in the mood for something other than Numenera, check out the other shows that we have to offer. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, we'd love it if you'd take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. And of course, you can find our hosts on Twitter as well. Myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.